0: No,
1: no, 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 no. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very 18th episode of the Octothorpe Podcast, a podcast for science fiction and science fiction fandom. I am John Coxon.
2: I am Allison Scott. And I'm Liz Batty.
1: Today's going to be a somewhat shorter episode than usual because we are running a convention and it turns out that that involves work, which I didn't know and Alison and Liz didn't tell me. Boo.
0: We so did. I said it wouldn't be too much work and that, that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: exactly
0: I, I think the amount of work it is reflects the fact that none of us have run a convention quite like this before because this amount of convention would not be very much work if it was a real but it's more work because it's an it, because we're we're all doing it for the first time, so none of us have any of the i guess muscle memory you know we're not doing anything on autopilot except when we do
1: yes. Um, So before we get into letters of comment, uh, I just want to say if you are listening to this and if you like online conventions, join Punctuation at punctuationcon.uk. If you are listening to this and you don't particularly care for online conventions, but you want to give us a fiver anyway, join Punctuation at punctuationcon.uk. And if you just fancy a natter, uh, then join because they'll be nattering. Hooray! This is a
0: great way to support the podcast. but Well, it isn't because we don't get any of the money because it's all going to fan funds and charity. But it's a great way to show your appreciation of the podcast because, as you can see, we have no advertising sponsorship. If you are an advertiser and you'd like to sponsor Octothorpe, absolutely get in touch. We have 67 regular listeners. And we do, in fact, have at least one convention member who's joined the convention because they like the podcast. So I think that's quite, I think that's quite good, really.
1: I need, to, I need to caveat that 67, which is, um, I don't know, is that, did you make that up, Alison? Yeah, 90, 90% of statistics are
0: made up of, on the spot, and that's one of them.
1: Excellent. Uh, okay, so what we do have is, and I believe I'm now using this correctly, a plethora of letters of comment. What, uh, we have more than we want? Well, yeah, because ideally we'd have none, and we could just sack this in super quickly and go back to con-running, right? So... <laughs>
0: No, no, no. The, the letters are what's providing content for your podcast this morning, because otherwise it would get to Thursday and people would be like, oh, my God, there's another day to go before punctuation. What am I going to do for entertainment? And and they would look at Octothorpe and we'd be like, we're three minutes long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, by the time you listen to this listener, there will be one day until punctuation. About a day and a half, Liz is making a face into the camera, which I think is dread.
2: I wasn't making a face, but yeah, I do have annoying sense of dread. I, I would say
0: also, if you're if if this if this episode is too short for your simple needs, um, if you are a member of Punctuation, come on the Discord where there's been quite a lot of chat going on, um, and you can a work out that you're happy with Discord and b, um, see what everybody's saying and maybe make some friends, um. If you don't know anyone. Yeah. And and come and say hello. We like that. I've just waved. This is a podcast. I need to wave less on podcasts. That's my twenty twenty one goal.
1: Um, fair enough. Um yeah, and we will say so we are we are planning to run Like The convention is mostly on Discord, Um, and so if you are not familiar with Discord, please do join. Um, As soon as you hear this, come and join, and then if you have any trouble, we can can help you through email or through Facebook Messenger or through um, other mechanisms, and we will be very helpful, people. Um, So, yes. On to letters of comment. Liz, do you want to read Joe's tweet of comment?
2: Joe's tweet of comment about things she's missing from social spaces is the ability to hear and understand multi-threaded conversations and the problem is that Zoom conversations all come from one direction it's hard to disentangle multiple speakers and I can see what she means and that you don't get those sort of occasionally branching and coming back together conversations in a group that you can have say if you're all sitting around a table and you know what's going on in Zoom you just get a bunch of people talking over each other
1: and it's rubbish yeah and that's one of the reasons you can't have zoom breakout rooms above about eight people before it gets a little bit chaotic
0: um we'll definitely be trying out some other things. I mean we may do wonder which is the the internet service that used to be called Yo tribe, and we may be doing a bit of gather town i mean i think I think this is a non this is still an unsolved problem there
1: yes, it is. I think, and this is one of the reasons why I think, although um, I do understand um, that obviously Discord is not good for audio video in the same way that Zoom is, but I do think Discord text chats do represent the closest to this that I have seen as an accessible platform. Because I find, I find you can have the different channels, so you can have like different places to wander into. But like in those channels, you can have conversations that are like bifurcating and coming back together, and that is the closest I've seen. Um, But I think it's an enormously difficult thing to solve in audio, video, uh, and perhaps easier to solve in text. But obviously text isn't quite as good. So, yeah, it's tricky.
0: Uh, We're also going to... The other way that you can't solve it is in in online spaces and we are definitely in kind of virtual reality like headset spaces and we're going to have a go at one of those as well but there's a big problem that so it gives you some of the spatial stuff and it allows you to move around and talk to different people and it gives you sort of nearer you are the better the sound is further you are the sound is further away and it gives you the sense of presence and the only downside is you look like a robot and have to wear a a helmet on your head. So neither
1: of which are perfect for social interactions. <laughs> um, yes, true. Okay. Um, we also had a, I'm going to describe it as a flurry of tweets from listener Ange. Ange is a new listener um, who has listened to our entire back catalogue since the last episode of Octhorpe. So welcome, Ange. Um, we will henceforth call anyone who onboards by listening to our entire back catalogue as Ange. That will be their nickname. It will get enormously confusing. um, And it will be good. Um, But she did send us... Well, she sent us some thoughts. She sent us a tweet of comment with a photograph of her breakfast at the Virtual Octocon, which will perhaps be the chapter art at the point you listen to this. Um, And we we note the mushrooms. Um, She also sent us a tweet saying that she is dependent on the kindness of others for good poached eggs. Which... um,
0: uh okay so so Gordon Ramsay who's famous for for saying the sort of things you can't say on a podcast i understand you can but we have to put a little label on the podcast now um does actually have a video on his on youtube about how to poach an egg and it's very good excellent uh, you can learn to poach eggs it's fine just get fr- fresh eggs it's very good if you if you know somebody who has chickens the best way to make poached eggs is to get an egg more or less straight from the chicken and make that your poached egg because because eggs poach much better when they're very fresh. Um, this might be too much egg poaching information for our small podcast, but you know.
1: Oh, I don't know. I think it's excellent.
2: No, I, I agree. I have tried to learn to poach eggs in various different ways. You know, whisking it, little like egg poachers that sit on the side of the pan, and they were all terrible. Okay, fresh eggs. Yeah, but then I'd have to go out
0: and get eggs before I eat breakfast, and that's just not going to work, is it? And they don't need to be that fresh; a couple of days is fine. But generally speaking, when you get an egg in the supermarket, it may have been it may have spent some time getting from the the chicken or the duck to you. So so it's it's easier if you get them from someone who keeps chickens or a farm where they they're just kind of getting the eggs and selling them straight on. Um,
1: we also have. We also have a letter of comment from Ange um who um yes caught up uh caught up with us and um has sent us a, a a long um letter of comment basically commenting on every theme that we've had in the past 17 episodes which is great um but she does um she does write a poem um and it is it is quite good so I shall I shall read it now
2: Octothorpe. Poetry Corner.
1: Oh bugger I forgot, I was told to write a rhyme, This is the best I've got, in the available time. Cracking poem. Uh,
0: there's an egg, there's an egg reference for you. Ha ha ha
1: ha! Friggin' yes. So another tweet of comment we got is from Duncan McGregor, who says that he thinks it would be off-brand if we run an online convention and we don't make a complete hash of it. Which is funny because an octothorpe is sometimes called a hash.
2: Yeah, no, no. I think we've got good news for Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's I where I was on strongly this. on brand.
1: He, he then follows that up with has he asks whether we have pounded this joke into the ground yet, which is funny because an octothorpe is sometimes called a pound. That's quite good. I thoroughly enjoyed this tweet. You can't see, but I'm nodding vigorously.
0: And and no, I'm fairly sure that we've not yet pounded that joke into oblivion and that
1: our readers will help. I think Duncan's the only one that's come up with it. So hats off to Duncan. He wins my respect. He already had it, but... Uh, okay. we also had other letters. We also got a letter of comment from Max, uh, which was titled A Thought Vigorous. Um, And she got the title from Gmail's AI generating email subjects so but it's a good email subject um for a letter of comment particularly um but she says that she has managed to incapacitate herself with muscle fatigue caused by playing vigorous vr after a month's break if you too would like to ache horribly when you try to move your arms laugh or breathe too heavily try the thrill of the fight on oculus quest so
0: i have done so yes i bought it yesterday i beat the training dummy and I beat like the, the practice game. And then they put me in against the first opponent and I had three, two minute rounds. I'd stopped this by, because my, my thing that tells you how much exercise you do. If you play a video game said you'll be, you'll be burning about 15 calories a minute playing this. And I was like, God, I'll die. That's impossible. And I can confirm that, that yes, Three three rounds of two minutes did kill me and also I lost. So but I feel okay today, so I'm planning to do it again today, so we will we will see how it goes. I I kind of I have, I should say I don't really approve of the theme of this video game, which is about beating up men a lot. Boxing. Actually maybe I do.
1: Yeah. I was gonna say. Um so, yes. So for those who aren't aware, Thrill of the Fight is a VR boxing game. And now I have learned that this exists. And now I have learned that a listener and Alison both have it. I assume we are going to have a VR boxing match at Punctuation.
0: It doesn't have multiplayer. There's all these people going, oh, multiplayer would be good. Oh, what? That is...
1: Uh, why? Ah. Uh...
0: And, but also, I w- it's obvious I would get beaten up by Max a lot. <laughs> yes, but that would be that would be a
1: I would I would come to that program item. <laughs> yeah. So you know, when it gets multiplayer, if it's got multiplayer by punctuation two, and, it, and if we do punctuation two, then we'll talk.
0: I, I mean, I feel because I was like, I'm I'm a woman, and I would I would probably enjoy this game more if my opponents were also female, and it, about. 30 seconds, less than 30 seconds, about three seconds of thought caused me to work out. But in fact, I would probably prefer this game if my opponents were cute aliens. I don't really... The whole beating up people is is not quite for me. Um, yeah, I I, I I have low tolerance for video games in which other i i i can i can have any sort of empathy for the other side um on the other hand you know boxing games are quite fun and they are fantastically good just um in terms of exercise that you could do in your house without equipment hashtag other than the asterisk other than the extremely expensive oculus quest that they're pretty good Cheap too. It's, it's it, I mean, obviously Oculus Quest is expensive, but but the game is £8, which seems to me to be very reasonable and a lot better than a lot of Oculus game, Quest games,
1: which seem to be quite expensive. Fair enough. Um, Liz, if you bought a VR boxing game, what would you want your opponents to look like? The
2: thing is, I don't actually want to play a VR boxing game. All I want a VR headset for is so I can play Beat Saber.
1: That's true. That's a good point. Liz playing Beat Saber is a sight to behold, and if there was any good way of doing that as a program writer, we would also do that. But there is not. One day, listeners, one day.
0: Yeah, I feel that this is, all this all of this stuff's going to come quite soon. They're, they're kind of getting quite good at at the the necessary tech so that you can film people while they're also playing on their Oculus Quest and can see both things at once. Mm. Um, yeah, I um. I feel I might actually enjoy this game more if if I was beating on Donald Trump because I'm not done with that yet. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, going to take yeah, a little fair. while, and, and I can also think of some also current politicians that I could that I wouldn't mind having as my virtual.
1: Uh, right, okay. On to Claire Brierly of Croydon, who has sent us a lock. Um, she says that no one should actually nominate Weekend Weetabix for a Hugo, and we categorically disagree. We are all going to nominate it for a Hugo. We thoroughly encourage all of our listeners to nominate it for a Hugo. Um, So that's that. Good. Glad we sorted that out. Mark devised and constructed the Lego box for sending the Weetabix through the post, and she also sends us a poem. Now, I'm hoping Alison can explain this.
0: Hang on a second. Oh, Claire sent us a poem. Yes. Mm. Um, Claire sent us a poem, which I will read out. And I I confidently predict that four or five of our readers will fall over laughing at this one. And actually, no, it's because it's actually, yeah, four or five of our readers will find this funny. And the rest will go, no, no, I don't get that. Um, I
1: found it funny, but I don't understand the context. So I thought, I thought having you.
0: But she's provided, she has provided context.
1: Yes, true. Um
0: so which we will put into the show notes for you. Online strain can mean physical pain. So you stretch but say Ow, is that blood? You won't hurt your necks if you just enter text in Widower's Wonderful Mud.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Claire.
0: And and the background for this um is that Widower's Wonderful Things well Widower's Things of a variety of um sorts have been uh, a vanished trope for many, many decades. Um, I also like the the kind of echoes here of um, of Flanders and Swan because they are also into mud. They're not the same sort of mud. Wonderful mud, though, or glorious
1: mud, which is very similar. And so Claire also says. So Claire says, if causing a global volcanic eruption is a sufficient code of conduct violation to justify ejection from the convention. Um, she worries about some of the behaviours that might be acceptable by comparison. I would like to say that when we when we said that global volcanic eruptions were a code of conduct violation, we don't mean to exclude any of the varied um, examples Claire gives. One example of a thing that would not be acceptable is setting fire to a lake. I don't know how many people understand that joke, but it is a joke. And if you understood it, you get points.
0: Yeah, if you understood that joke, get in touch and you can have a point for your house at punctuation.
1: yes i know claire will get it yes. anyone else i'm unsure yes. um and she concludes by saying that she only drinks two or three pints of coffee now and when she was a civil servant it was four or five pints with Acacia espressos which i drink two mugs which is i believe mm. like maybe one pint one and a half pint so claire is more caffeine than woman during my if you read my trip report cover to cover you will understand the reference
0: there's no chance I'm going to read you I, I mean, I think I'm pretty sure I've done my ego scan there.
1: That's why That's why anyone who understands the joke, yeah. That, that That's why anyone who understands the joke gets a point, because I am not confident. It's like PhD theses. They do not get read widely.
2: Is that like how, you know, when sometimes like professors will put like a hidden word on their webpage that you have to quote back to them when you email them to prove you've actually read their website? This is basically your shibboleth for whether I've read your TAF report, isn't it?
1: Yes, something like that.
0: Oh my God, that's amazing.
1: One of the professors at um, Leicester, when I was an undergraduate, um, taught the statistical inference course, and he was planning to write it up into a book. So um, in the um, course notes, it basically said, if you can find five typos, I will give you a book voucher for 20 quid. Apparently, I was the only person in the history of his teaching career to ever find the five typos and collect my book voucher. But I was like, free book voucher? I'm not an idiot. I'm an undergraduate with no money and I like books.
0: If he had done that with Claire Brawley, she'd have found five typos on the first page and he'd have been very shocked. They'd all have been things like, this comma appears to be in Helvetica 14, not 12.
1: As someone who has had Claire edit him, Claire's good at editing. Claire taught me how to use semicolons correctly. Or no, Claire taught me how not to use em dashes incorrectly.
0: Are you sure it's not just that Claire corrected all of your... uh, I mean, I feel like she may not have actually taught you to use semicolons correctly.
1: I'm pretty sure she did.
0: If you misuse a semicolon now, I can...
1: It's Claire's fault. Yep. (laughs) Okay, moving on from Claire's letter of comment before I get into trouble.
0: There will definitely be semicolons of punctuation.
1: Yes. Okay, Mark Plummer wrote to us saying that he understands Claire had already written to us about this, but the Weetabix capsule was his work. Um, So I I get the impression that Claire is in charge of writing the fanzines and Mark is in charge of sort of the engineering behind them.
0: Mark's an extremely accomplished fan writer also, as we know. I know, Mark. I didn't.
1: Yes, it is the official position of the Optothorque podcast that Mark and Claire are both extremely talented fan writers. Uh, Britain's greatest living fan writers, TM. That's true. Britain's greatest living fan writers.
2: I believe he does say that in the very niche area of Weetabix related fanzines, Claire is responsible for the content and he is responsible for building Lego Weetabix capsules.
1: Yes. Solely I, in the I, I will... of
2: Weetabix related fanzines.
1: Yes. Then that makes sense. I think we could all agree. He also fixed the lid on the recycling bin with an old rolling pin handle and some string. I should get some Weetabix for punctuation breakfast, shouldn't I? I've got to. I've got to. Oh, yes. I've got to read this out verbatim, sorry. Um, in this fan household, I am responsible for engineering projects such as making little Lego Weetabix capsules and fixing the lid of the recycling bin with an old rolling pin handle and some string, as well as ironing and putting things down in the wrong place. Claire is responsible for Weetabix-related fanzines, list making and putting things in the right place, especially commas. That's true. And we're... we're it it was very good. It made me chuckle quite a lot. Uh, but yes. And he also mentions that... We mentioned that the WeeTUX fanzine is eligible in Best Fanzine Hugo. He says technically el- eligible. I would define it as gloriously eligible. Um, and then he says thanks to Octothorpe, he finds himself in the personally surprising position of having something to nominate in the Best Fancast category.
0: No, you're not going to put that in the podcast, John. We, we do not put things like that in the podcast. We just say something like, Mark also said some very nice things about Octothorpe, which we're going to, which we're not going to repeat what we really want uh, is not so much um, not so much awards and recognitions as for more people to listen to the podcast. And award and recognition does help with that. So, and Weetabix. we're also happy with Weetabix. Uh, no, don't please
2: do not all send us Weetabix. <laughs> Definitely do not send me Weetabix because, as previously elaborated, it might be complicated.
1: I I don't mind people sending me Weetabix on the basis that it would save you a trip to Waitrose.
0: It doesn't really though.
1: It does if people send enough Weetabix. Yes. <laughs> Please send Weetabix in packages of 108 Weetabix too. Okay, so
0: don't do that because Mark and Claire might. And then
1: you'll be then you feel really guilty. I won't. I'll be rolling around in my massive bathtub of Weetabix.
0: Okay, so what we need now is for somebody to send John 108 Weetabix and he then promises to roll around in a massive tub of Weetabix and, and film it for the podcast.
1: My address is...
0: So Alex Holden got in touch with me about Octothorpe and um, wants to point out that she is in fact a folky and that she likes and enjoys folk music, even though he doesn't make folk music, though though obviously as he makes concertinas, he does make folk music um, in that way. And he said something else as well that I was going to say... Oh, yeah, and that he listened to most of our podcast whilst making my concertina, which I thought was pretty cool. So he, he, he has said on his Instagram that he listens to every podcast in the world, you know, just vast, vast numbers of podcasts, because that's what you do if you work with your hands.
1: Um, so, just before we wrap up, um, please do if you are considering coming to punctuation, um, come along. Um, we, at the time that you are listening to this, will be one day away. So don't delay. Join now. Uh, if you hear this sort of a week after it drops, um, don't join. It finished. Sorry. Yeah, th- there you go. Know.
0: Send us your send us your reflections of the convention you didn't get. So, so next next episode will be punctuation aftermath. I mean, we haven't really talked about what we're doing in the next episode. That's, that, that's not, we, we don't kind of do trailers for the next episode of Octothorpe, do we? We're not nearly that organised, are we? we?
2: We don't know what we're talking about in the next episode until five minutes before the next episode, if that.
1: All right, Liz, come on. <laughs> we're very organised. <laughs> that was the 18th episode of the Octothorpe podcast and We will all see you at Punctuation. But for now, it is goodbye from me.
2: It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.
0: Ange has also sent us a photograph of a full English breakfast at her full English breakfast at Virtual Octacon, Um and she is planning a similar breakfast for punctuation. I, I think you should make the breakfast like a chapter heading because it's kind of a demonstration of what breakfast should be like at virtual conventions. Have you got this we, picture? Didn't,
2: didn't we cover that like two minutes ago in the podcast? <laughs>
1: I mean, it's a great idea, Alison. And if I hadn't said it two minutes ago, it would definitely go in. Okay, but... so I'm
0: senile and my brain is fried? Uh, oh, I don't
1: know. Uh, I thought you were doing a bit. And then I realised you weren't doing a bit. Uh... Anyway, but yes, crack an idea, Alison. I might leave your version in and take mine out. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering um... what I did. I think you were probably distracted by um, looking up other letters of comment or reading Anna's.
0: I was, I was distracted by reading Alice's letter of comment, but I mean, I think I must have been more than averagely distracted at that point, because that's obviously <laughs> the thing that caused us to be talking about poached eggs in the first place. Yes. Yes, yes exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> the theme music for this episode was Fanfare for Space by Kevin MacLeod and Competech.com used under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 licence.
2: This podcast will end at the beep. Beep.